we are polishing off our first division with the LA Rams uh, completing the NFC West. It is day four of the Heat Wave. 32 teams in 32 days. Brought to you by Brodo Fantasy, the BrotoFantasy.com website, and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. If you don't already have the app, then what are you waiting for? It has every single tool you need to become your own expert and dominate fantasy football. What do we mean by become your own expert? It has every single stat and tool that you need. Plus, it has a tool called the Who to Draft tool. Are you in your draft day and you're like, oh my God, I can't pick between these two guys? Just put it in the tool and it will give you every stat you need. It'll give you uh, how much we like one guy over the other to give you the... So we might like a guy 54% and the other guy 46%. Right? I hope I did the math right on that or it would be embarrassing. Right? Hey, if you if it's that close for us and you and your heart says the other guy, go with the guy with 46%, right? It is all tools to make you your own expert. And on top of that, we have patreon.com slash brotofantasy. It is the place where we connect with our fans, where we connect with our community, and where you get extras like the waiver wire episode every week, playing in very fun uh prize uh pending Broto Leagues as prizes, and Tons, tons more. Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. The Fantasy Football by Broto app. BrotoFantasy.com. And without any further ado, although I've never, is there a lot of ado, less ado? No more ado. Uh, let's get started. Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Hot So hot and hot. So hot I've only ever heard the word ado in that negative connotation. I've never heard anyone saying, oh, um, I have further ado. You know, uh, my bad, guys. I've got more ado. What do you mean, bro? I've got more ado. Nah, you got, like, without further ado. Right. So next president, things like that. Like, how is that a negative connotation? Because it's without, right? So it's the negative. It's the negating. It's like, but it's like run amok. Stupid. It's yeah. like only ever used in that context. Right, exactly. Like, what's up with that? Why doesn't anyone says, yo, I have some more ado? Like, yo, guys, my bad. I have, I have more ado. Yeah. I, I have like, more ado. Not, yo, I, like, my kids aren't going to sleep, but I got more ado. <laughs> That's not English. I have way cheap. more ado. Uh, <laughs> without any further ado, um, let's get into one of the most – if you notice about this, about this uh, division, besides the Cardinals, who have a brand new everything, it's a lot of consistency within this division in terms of coaching, with in terms of offense, um, et cetera. You got Pete Carroll, you got Kyle Shanahan, and you also got year seven of Sean McVay, obviously his worst year of all time. Five and 12 record in 2022. What do they do to fix that? Well, one of the things is they bring in a brand new offensive coordinator. Um, it wasn't two seconds after Mike LaFleur was fired by the Jets uh, when he was picked up by Sean McVay. He is a disciple of Sean McVay. Uh, for his first year it, it with L.A. There it is. Uh, previously, he was the offensive coordinator for the Jets. Two extremely subpar seasons, but that is very much caveated with Zach Wilson and uh, having to deal with that whole situation. Before that, he was the 49ers pass game coordinator, which, you know, he was associated with the 49ers, which is good. But him and uh, Mike McDaniel were co-offensive minds and i think that it was very clear that mike mcdaniel yeah is the offensive mind of the group right so we haven't seen mike lafleur what we haven't seen what he could do 
with something like this quite yet. And I think personally, I think this has a chance to be a pretty good offense. Um, last year, 27th in points per game, 18.1 points per game. Yuck. They were exactly 19th in rush and pass percentage, passed 54, 56.4% of the time. They had no offensive additions. How could they with that cap hell that they were in? Offensive subtraction, Baker Mayfield is no longer on the team, if you consider that a, a subtraction. The real subtraction came on defense. And I think that the only guy left really is Aaron Donald. Uh, this is a team that invited more undrafted rookies to training camp than any team in the history of the NFL. Right, That's how much they're trying to get their roster and just fill their roster with bodies uh, in, in terms of defense. Uh, no real – like if you look at their starting lineup, like these are not household names. Talking about Kobe Turner, Bobby Brown, Byron Young, Ernest Jones, uh, Christian Roseboom, Michael Holt, Robert Rochelle, Jordan Fuller, Russ Yeast, and Kobe Durant. All around Aaron Donald, right? These are not names that you – the the – casual fan will recognize right off the bat on the other side there's a whole bunch of recognizable names and that starts with the qb matt stafford now obviously he's coming off uh, surgery he's coming off an injury but it is to be noted that this offense has the tools and the firepower and will probably be down a lot this year so that could lead to some fantasy points for an L.A. team that has a proven quarterback that's a Super Bowl champion and has had superstar years, a very much proven wide receiver, and a, a proven-ish tight end, and a proven running back. Like, these guys have done things at proven-ish running back, have done things in the NFL. So, let's start with that quarterback position, and Matt Stafford, take it away. I'm not sure I've ever really seen a Super Bowl hangover hit a team quite as hard as it did the Rams in 2022. And it was it losses. It was injuries. It was bad play calling. It was defensive crumbling. It was everything. And the offensive line mainly crumbled, obviously, and without Andrew Whitworth there to, to anchor it. And every facet, they allowed league high pressure weight rates on the quarterback and a league low yards before contact for running backs. And Sean McVay appeared to be all but checked out mentally. Like, I know Cliff Kingsbury got on that plane to Thailand, but it seemed like McVay was right about to follow him and, and that he was going to retire even in the off season. And then, you know, the GM and him and everybody had the little press conference that they they're sticking around and, and going for one more run, but it seemed like he was mentally checked out after literally half of his starting team, not offense, defense, half of his starting 53 man roster ended up on IR at some point. That's wild. But, Amongst all of those players, obviously included Matt Stafford, and who many consider a future Hall of Famer, I would agree. But he appeared to be a shell of his former self. Uh, managed a modest 6.7 yards. Obviously had the surgery to the arm, and hopefully that has done well enough to encourage more downfield throwing this season. But he finished the year with 2,807 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, missed the final seven games. And he averaged just 12.8 points per game, despite Cooper Cup still being in the top five wide receivers in points per game. A true throw value of QB 27 after averaging 20.4 points per game and a league leading true throw value uh, QB one the season prior. So it's tough for me to really want to get invested in Matt Stafford. And although retirement rumors did swirl around, he's not retiring. He's sticking around and he'll be 36 year old years old, refuses to hang up the cleats just yet, enters the 2023 season, and obviously an all-too-familiar offense with a presumably healthy Cooper Cup, a slightly improved offensive line, I guess, just more cohesive, have spent a season together, and Sean McVay gearing up for one last run. 
But QB 21 and 126 overall, I think, tells you everything you need to know about how the public views Matt Stafford. And I'm, I'm not necessarily in disagreement. I do think that there is an, a very obvious lineage of QB1 performances. Um, and he can absolutely invest in prove, obviously, from last season's drastic numbers. But I'm not entirely sure that Matthew Stafford is an NFL caliber quarterback anymore. I think Ooh. his arm might be cooked. NFL Ooh. caliber is... is I should have fantasy caliber nfl caliber was was a little like qb that was a little extreme i felt that in my heart i will say this like QB i think one caliber quarterback qb1 caliber quarterback. okay so you're, you're talking about him in the sense of like actually playing him um when i'm thinking about matt stafford i'm looking at these wide receivers i'm thinking i want matt stafford to just throw the ball to these guys and when you're talking about who's gonna, he's gonna throw the balls to ball to the number one guy that comes up, of course, is the number one guy in the league right now, and that's Cooper Cup. I think he showed last season that even after an MVP-type season, he's still unguardable. And last year, if you forgot, first overall in points per game. This guy was putting up 22.4 PPR points a game. A game. That's yeah, wow. his average, bro. Twenty-two. Stafford was only managing twelve to eight. It's absolutely crazy. You don't see gaps like that ever. Insane. So, like, and you're talking about a guy who had ninety-eight targets, which was in the top thirty-five in the league, and that's he missed seven games. You know, so like that's how much <laughs> yeah. this guy was getting absolutely peppered with targets. And again, like I mentioned earlier, this is gonna be a team that has to come back from behind a lot. Then they are paying Matt Stafford a lot of money and they're in LA and they're going to put on a show and yes, Cam Akers going to get his attempts, but it's going to be a lot of throwing the ball. And we know that Cooper cup cannot be guarded and that Matt Stafford will Calvin Johnson him. He will throw him the ball 30% of the time easily. So there's no reason why I'm not comfortable going into the season with Cooper cup as my number one wide receiver off the board. Like I would take, I would obviously take Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson over him, but after those two, you're losing me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm putting Cooper Cup right up there. No, because of the legal trouble he's in. I want to see how the legal trouble pans out first. Fair. So, I mean, even then, Tyreek has other guys on the team that are that are killers. You know, the the Rams don't. The Rams are on an island on their own. I mean, Cooper Cup is on an island by his own. And, and the reason I say that is because of the other guys on the team. Because if they're going to throw the ball, then one of the one of these guys got to pan out, right? There's two second round, there's three second round picks on this roster, two second round picks, two of their latest second round picks on this roster in Van Jesperson and Tutu Atwell. And if you look at their stats last year after Cooper Cup went down, now this should be noted that so, Matt Stafford was also down. So the overall opportunity wasn't there. But Tyler Higby had 35 targets. He's the one that really took advantage in those final seven games without Cooper Cup. Van Jefferson only had 25 targets, and Tutu Atwell only had 28 targets. It was Ben Skoranek. Ben Skoranek. But even Ben Skoranek. The fact that I had to add Ben Skoranek off waivers last season is even just disgusting. Right. So you're talking about Van (laughs) Jefferson. You're talking about Tutu Atwell. You're talking about Ben Skoranek. Demarcus Robinson, who's had some success every once in a while, Mm -hmm. was also added to this roster. Not someone that I'm chasing. What about Puka? 
What? Puka. The rookie. I mean, oh. fine. You want to you <laughs> go that? You want to go that hard? Like, no. no. No, I actually don't. He's not even considered a dynasty stash for me. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, you're talking about a, you know, a fifth round pick. I, I, I mean, whatever. Puka. Uh, he exists. But Puka, Puka. If you want to take a chance and stash one of these guys, I would say Van Jefferson is my pick because he has the most experience in the offense. Um, he has the most speed. He has the most. He's the most physically gifted. Although Tutu is pretty fast, I I think that's the guy. But none of these guys are exciting me. If they're your last pick or your third receiver on the bench, okay, stash him. Um, Michael giving off some child molester vibes. Uh, YouTube.com/slash <laughs> fantasy. Um, but yeah, besides that, not really. Uh, not really interested. Um, I will say they have the number one overall named wide receiver room. You got Cooper, Van, Tutu, Puka. I mean, Get in my van. Yeah. Scour Nick, if you're if you're taking the last well, name. Well, that's just Ben. I was going first names. Benjamin's but, fi- a fire name. Lance. Lance is Xavier. DeMarcus Braxton. Doper. These are the whitest names I've ever heard. Yeah, word, right? Lance, Braxton, been, and Zay- yeah. Xavier. Austin. Those are pretty white. Um, all right. Uh running Not backs. Those are white names. <laughs> <laughs> running backs. Let's do it. The running backs, look, the running back room is basically Cam Akers. And then you got Sonny Michelle, Kyron Williams, Zach Evans. I don't really think any of those guys will be spellbacks of sorts, but it seems to be Cam Akers' backfield. We all know what happened last year with Cam Akers. He went from hardly playing, splitting the backfield, a complete afterthought on fantasy, to an absolute must-start RB1 down the stretch. In weeks 13 to 17, he put up 19 9, 13, 35, and 14 fantasy points. Once he got going, he never really fell outside the top 25 running backs in any week. He had three top 15 running back performances down the stretch, and he got more involved in the passing game over the final three weeks of the fantasy season as well, running more routes than he had all year, and he totaled seven targets over those last three games. He also put up on 100 or more total yards in all of those games. He was an absolute animal down the stretch. And this was, of course, with Baker Mayfield under center um, with Matt Stafford out in a lost season for the Rams. The, but they put the team on Cam Akers back and he delivered. The question this season, however, is was that late season run a fluke or a sign of things to come? We've seen this happen in the past with guys like, uh, you know, Miles Sanders after his rookie season started going in like the first round because he had the strong finish to his rookie season. And there are a bunch of other um, areas where we see. <laughs> Yeah, yeah Cam Akers is one of those examples. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And like we've seen this happen a lot where guys get the opportunity in like a, at the end of the year in a, you know, a Rashad Paraben type as well. You know, they get a shot at the end of the year because they're the season's kind of over and they're just giving these guys run and they really play well. And you don't know how it's going to translate over to the next season. Luckily for Cam Akers, um, truthers, his ADP is not, you know, 10th overall like miles sanders was when it happened with him he's going rb22 and underdog 69th overall and rb19 and ffp ffpc 57th overall so right around rb20 the question is that acres has been in the league for you know three years now but he's consistently been hurt um or just kind of underwhelming for fantasy purposes for the most part none of his advanced numbers jump off the page and as we know, volume is king for running backs, though. So 
if he's going to get a ridiculous amount of touches as he did to close out the year. And you guys were saying some sneaky good offensive value on this team if they're able to get back on track here. If he gets the touches with Matt Stafford back on their center and he retains that late season role, I know he's in the RB dead zone area and he's dealt with a bunch of injuries, but it's hard to see how he doesn't have value here at around the RB 20 ADP because he was better than that one given the touches in a completely lost season for the Rams last year. It's all about his health and all about his touches. And he's certainly a question mark, but I think the, the reward outweighs the, uh, the risk here. And I think he's a pretty solid pick at ADP the way it currently stands. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to pass up the value on these guys, guys. It is. I have, we have not summarized this studio room yet. And you could see the light glistening off my sweat dripping face. I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm sitting in like a 90 degree sauna for you. Oh, like everyone. summer dash eyes. I was like summer like, eyes. Like, oh, yeah. I was, I was thinking like a, a summary. Summer fide. Summer fide. Summer fide would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like an AC, for example. Yeah. Like we wouldn't be playing it because it would be loud in the background. We wouldn't be playing it while. You know I'm what recording? I was just thinking, Tim? Central air, it was, it was wow. even like perfect for. Right. podcasting because you don't got to worry about the noise central there. areas i actually got a new uh job and they got a brand new building central air in the whole building very exciting very exciting <laughs> um <laughs> um with that being said another exciting prospect the tight ends on this team <laughs> um if you're excited by mediocre tight ends uh Ew. Matt, I mean, uh, who got the tight ends? Matt, right? Matt. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm here for you, bro. There you go. Matt. It, it, it's Tyler Higby, obviously, is yes. the starting tight end for the Los Angeles Rams. He was surprisingly consistent to begin uh, 2022. He registered three top 10 tight end one performances in the first five weeks of 2022. Finished the year with eight total top 10 positional finishes, albeit at an inconsistent level after those first three weeks. And it left Higby's overall production largely inconsequential to your roster. He buoyed a career-high 108 targets, that was a 20.9% target share, tight end four target share total, into just 72 receptions for 620 yards and three touchdowns. And obviously a little bit more production, but this is like that area where Mike always tried to warn me about guys like Cole Komet. is like when you're not a top five tight end, with 110 targets like what are we expecting it's not going to get better the opportunity share is not going to get any better um and even with you know three touchdowns on a, on a pretty poor offense we're obviously projecting a little bit of higher scoring here but he had just as many games below five ppr points as he had over 10 ppr points and he registered two games with zero two goose eggs and like at points in time, he was just a detriment to your weekly ceiling entering 2023. Obviously he sits atop the depth chart, but it's Cooper cups world. I think even Van Jefferson could out target him in a healthy season. I think he's a fine, like late best ball pick. If you literally punt it tight end into your last two selections, cause he's going at tight end 16 and that's 138 overall, but he's not somebody that I'm overly interested in, in managed leagues that that ceiling that we, kind of got excited about through the first five weeks was not consistent at all, even when he was getting peppered with targets. And I think in a healthy Rams offense, which is obviously what we want to project this ceiling at is the team has to be healthy. Tyler Higby is more of an afterthought. He could potentially still give you like tight end 13, tight end 12 point per game finish, but over 17 games when it's a position that you can stream, it's like that doesn't do much for me. So, I mean, I think Tyler Higby is again like it's the tight end. Just it's just a cluster, 
Like, you know, we, I mentioned this in one of the, in one of the, uh, the podcasts in the past, but I'll just mention it again. It's that, you know, when you're looking at QB and tight end, like you don't want QB 12 and tight end 12. That means you have the worst starter in your league. Right. Like you don't want that. You want six and up, right? That's why they don't, that's why you, you have to look at it a little differently. You have to look at QB six as QB 12, as, as like wide receiver 12 equivalent, if that makes any sense, you know? So when you're thinking about that, like there's no reason to roster, like you said, Tyler Higby, unless it's with one of your last picks and you plan on streaming because this is probably what you're going to get. But there is something to be said about the fact that, you know, when Cooper Cup went down, it was Higby who ended up being the main benefactor uh, in terms of targets and Cam and Cam Akers. Uh, speaking of which, this team has completely wasted their draft picks, um, either traded them away or yeah. drafted horrible, terrible players. So draft good players. Yo, no. So is there anyone well, you'd stash? Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup. So I find. Is there anyone you would stash on this team? Yeah, and I mean, he, it's funny that he's forgotten about because of how massive of a prospect we thought he was going to be, and, and legitimately one of the main reasons that everybody thought the 2023 class was as valuable as it was because we were getting so many top tier running backs, and it's Zach Evans. Like he's he's costing you a late third, uh, early fourth round pick in rookie drafts. Um, not necessarily forgotten about, but still low rostered overall because a lot of rookie drafts haven't gone on, and I, I'm more than willing to pay that equivalent in future picks as well, just to you know get him a, as a stash. He, Six foot, 215, 22 years old. And before committing to TCU, he was unanimously ranked by every voter as the number one high school recruit in all the football. Showed mm. flashes of that for sure during his freshman season, but was ultimately cast out of TCU by Kendra Miller, who was a three-star recruit and turned third-round NFL running back, beating Zach Evans' draft capital by three rounds. Transferred to Ole Miss, and then again, supplanted by a third round running back in Quinshawn or a third star three-star recruit in Quinshawn Judkins, who is now considered one of the top collegiate running backs in the entire nation. Miller's now a member of the saints. Judkins, one of the best running backs in collegiate football and Evans almost went undrafted falling to the sixth round at pick two fifteen to the Rams. But fortunately, like look at that depth chart. And it really is just cam Akers kind of standing alone who as incredible as it was to see him dominate the end of the season and as amazing as it is to hope for, and I think it will continue a little bit. I'm, I'm certainly not downtrodding on, on Cam Akers potential range of outcomes, but he is one of the only running backs. If this production continues and one of the only athletes really in the history of ever that will be able to continue a successful career after an Achilles tear. And he's already had minor injuries related to that Achilles tear after the Achilles tear. Um, obviously a t horrendous playoffs when they brought him back too early. And then last season, minor injuries as well. Zach Evans is the only running back on that roster period that can actually play three downs. Kyron Williams is 168 pounds and runs a five second, 40 yard dash. Like he's a, no, he's a special teamer. Like, and even if they can use him there, I think Kyron Williams is probably a cut candidate when it gets down to 53 man rosters. They wasted some draft capital on him last year. Zach Evans is probably going to make the team based on size and upside alone and, and hopefulness. Um, and should Cam Akers go down, I, I think Zach Evans has the opportunity at least to remind everybody why he was such a sought after prospect. The other running backs in that room, Sony, Michelle, Kyron Williams. So yeah. like you said, a beatable room, not nobodies, but I mean, know. so Sony definitely 
is the name to beat out there. But again, I, I think if Cam Akers goes down, I don't think it's Sony Michelle that they're necessarily going to look to. I think they're going to want to see run from Zach Evans. All right, there you go. Dynasty stash. And that is the end of the NFC West. It's been a pleasure, boys. First division down, seven divisions to go. Tomorrow, we're coming at you with a different division. You're going to have to tune in tomorrow to see which one it is. Uh-huh. Ha ha ha. At FF Tim, if you want to follow me. At BrotoFF Mike. At PsychWordFF. At BrotoFF Tim. At BrotoFF Casanova. Uh, also, at Broto Fantasy for the podcast, at FF by Broto for the company slash app. The Fantasy Football by Broto app is the only app you need to dominate Sweet. fantasy football and become your own expert, and it's free. Go download that, and if you want to support the show for as little as $3 a month and get a ton of extras, patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. That is B-R-O-T-O Fantasy that I will not spell out for you. I am waiting 10 seconds so we can get a nice end on exactly 25 minutes. Punch love. Three, two, one. We out. Later. No!